0: Welcome to the latest episode of How Shit Gets Made, a glimpse into the secret world that influences how products, services, and brands come into our lives. So, hello everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of How Shit Gets Made. Uh, this is a glimpse into the secret world that influences how products, services, and brands come into our lives. And today I have two guests that I'm really excited to talk to for this podcast because they are lovely and amazing people and really fun to have conversations with. Um, and so my first guest is Patty. So Patty, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us, Nikki. So uh, I'm Patricia Dominguez, or Patty, and I am an Insights Analyst at Diageo, looking into their e-commerce world, and I've been in the industry for eight years now, so not so new, but still lots and lots to learn. Okay, excellent. And with Patty is her brave husband, who is willing to
0: (laughs) be on the other side of this uh, inquisition from us. So, Santi, can you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Hi, Nikki. Uh, So, my name is Santiago Dominguez, and I'm an account-based marketing manager at Autodesk, uh, an American software company. And I've been working in marketing, I think, for Ten years now, uh, B2B the whole way through, and specialize in account-based marketing for the last three to four years. I'm very excited to be here.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm so excited to have you both. As we were saying before we pressed the record button, the last time we actually hung out was in Scotland when the world was a different place. And we were actually there because Patty and I were attending a research conference um, Mm -hmm. for the market research industry. And so just so that you two know, actually, some of the people that listen to this podcast, like, don't think about market research. They are either just consumers. So they are participating or don't really know anything about our world. And some people who listen are actually user researchers. So they're listening to see like how much of what we talk about is similar or different. And I imagine Santi, you know, someone working in startups and working with digital products and software companies, you're probably also a little bit aware of this other thing called user research which is a bit different than market research Um, but yeah so i i guess i would love to tell the listeners a little bit about um, your story. So you you have quite an interesting story. I won't uh, ask you personal questions about how you found each other, although it's really great. So if you find Patty in real life, <laughs> ask her the question about her and yeah. Santi. Um, but also just um, kind of how your professional worlds overlap. So Santi, maybe we can start with you because you were saying before that you actually worked with Lucy, who was a previous podcast yes. guest for us. Oh, fantastic. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, so maybe you can tell us a little bit, like, how did you discover this world of, of research that We're
2: in. Yeah, so so I worked with Lucy for I think almost four years, and it was a it was a great experience. Like I learned so much from from her and the team, and uh, that was officially my first, let's say, deep dive into the research world. So I didn't know I was very green when I started. Um, Yeah and And she brought me up to speed on on everything that it means to be a qualitative quantitative research. Um, how does it work? Uh, how you guys make a living of being nosy and asking around questions <laughs> <laughs> uh, and how can that be translated into into marketing so so to support brands. Uh, specifically, market research brands um, communicate the propositioning and and their value and the the value added they bring to the table to to end customers. Um, yeah. and, and funnily enough, I think Patty and I met when I was still yeah,
1: you were still with Lucy. Yeah, I was still and with. And he was bragging that he had an MRS certification. <laughs> To me. Which, which do and I,
2: I don't Okay, know. <laughs> cool. Then who's a researcher? Here? Which, I'll by the way,
1: ahead. which, by
0: the way, for listeners, MRS is the Market Research Society. In case yeah. there are some who don't know, <laughs> so nice.
1: yeah. And the so, funny thing so, so, is, yeah. so the
2: Mickey, do you have one? I don't. Exactly. So who's a researcher here in this call? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: so funny because obviously my first company where, where I worked, Skim. Was international. I started in Holland before coming to to uh, London. And Santiago was like all over, like the people in the industry here. He was like dropping names and telling me all these things. I was like, I don't know who you're talking about because I just started as well as him And I was like, Who's this guy? <laughs> Why telling me all these things? But yeah, he's more of a researcher in that sense then. <laughs>
0: So I love the fact that you said that you learned from Lucy about how we get paid basically to be nosy, and so now your your wife is like professional nosy person. Yeah. So no, good disclosure. That was that was not
2: Lucy's. Too. That was not Lucy's definition.
0: Okay, just to clear to get Lucy off the hook. This is not how <coughs> yeah, she. Yeah. Lucy
2: off the hook.
0: <laughs> so and then tell me a bit more about that. Like, what do you think? You know, what do you think about our nosiness and and its value and and what do we do with it?
2: I think I think it's fun. Like like well, I think I cheated because I know I know quite a bit now. Like if if it were a little bit kind of like coming, you know, some someone else not knowing coming in, they might have a different opinion. But well, thinking of back in the day when I first started, it was quite like it it was very interesting because it's kind of like decoding the human brain and decoding mm. why we make decisions and, you know, what inspires us to, like, you know, either go one voting what one, one candidate or another candidate. And, and there are so many applications. But at the same time, it's like, so we're basically kind of like finding a way to convince people to do something that, <laughs> yeah. you know, with great power comes great responsibility mm. kind of thing. Yeah. um but it was always funny to think uh you know you sit in a room and talk to people and 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 then you're like oh yeah they're gonna buy this product for this reason it's like how how do you know that it's yeah. like how do you do it it's like it's like, it's like it's like 50 people you have like a million consumers
1: yeah the market, that's obvious
2: yeah but <laughs> <laughs>
0: So Patty, maybe you could tell us. Um, I know, obviously, you can't divulge too much information about clients or specific specific findings or anything. But maybe there's kind of an example project that you worked on at some point in your career, something you thought was really fun or really interesting. And maybe I don't know, you were working on it with while, while you and Santi were together, and it would be great to just kind of hear something fun that you that you influenced.
1: Yeah. Um, well. Uh, I do mostly or um, quantitative research, but I'm mm-hmm. always really, really um, curious about QUAL because it's a, where you get to talk to people and you get to know the why much quicker So because well, you can like dig into it and you see the emotions of people are talking to you and like this one project that uh, you had to go to people's houses and see how they use this one gadget that they had in their kitchen. And it was so interesting because it happens that every time I do a project for a brand, I end up wanting to buy the brand. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm really lucky that I don't do like luxury research because that'll be a problem. So obviously, <laughs> I came home and I was like, we need to buy this gadget. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> so <laughs>
2: nice but, cool self-market research yeah,
1: i i have a theory that all these brands like hire us as, as agencies you know to just buy their product because it happens to me but in any case um it was really interesting to see how this one product right it's just is a machine basically it becomes part of their life and how they like integrate it to it and then how like they interact with them uh, so to me, that's always so fascinating because at least for me, for consumer research is something that I can really emphasize because obviously I'm a consumer myself. So that has been one of the funnest things, like going to people's houses. And I'm always surprised. It's very naive of me, but I'm always surprised how people are so willing to talk to you about things like be it toilet paper or like drinks or this machine. So to me, that's fascinating and I love it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: So besides being a little concerned about your wife's urge to buy new things, Cindy, <laughs> when she was working on a product like this, where she was going into people's houses, obviously, as you said, you already kind of knew a bit about the industry and how this worked. But when you're sort of observing a person who's going into houses and coming back and being like, I just learned all this stuff. What is it like for you kind of watching her go through this?
2: It's, it's, I guess it's strange because you come back and like, She's been somewhere else's house, <laughs> just like.
1: But I'm all fired like, up. I'm I like, went, this happened and this happened and this, this happened. I
2: went to this house in Birmingham or whatever, and in this neighborhood with this family and these people. And I'm like, what are you doing with people's houses? <laughs> like, stop being so nosy. and people have a light. <laughs> But, but it's
0: true that they love sharing they really love like oh, writing yeah. and obviously you have to find the right people because for sure yeah. there are some who are not interested but i have the same as you know patty i i do focus on the qualitative side so this has been like my whole career is like going into people's <laughs> houses and i could write i could literally write a book on yeah. some of the stories that i have had it, yeah. from
1: i once went to like someone's house and i like, came it was about you know, like a product. And then I knew like half of their life afterwards. It's like that also is really interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a project. It was also in the UK. I had a project once where I was um, helping uh, a big like social network company trying to evaluate whether or not the app on mobile phones was uh, user friendly for people with various different types of disabilities. So uh, physical disabilities and particularly visual impairments and i went to people's homes who were who were visually impaired and i sat next to them and i said show me how you use this app and i i tell everyone the project changed my life i mm-hmm. mean I was talking to people that I would never have any reason to talk to prior. And then they were showing me, you know, I was coming in and there was a woman. She had her two guide dogs and she was going about her business. She was completely blind and she was just like, oh, would you like some tea and pouring me? And I was like just completely blown away by by how you know she had adapted to her life and she's just oh yeah this is how I do the thing and I just learned so much myself as a person and I think it really changed me so I can only imagine what it's like for our clients who are making really big decisions like I was just handing them information but they actually get to make decisions off of this kind yeah. of information but i also
1: think that sometimes clients are you know obviously much much uh, further away from the, like their mm-hmm. consumers as well so the we are in a in a really interesting position where you talk directly to them. And I think clients really appreciate when they get to be as well so close because, you know, on the day to day, you're just making decisions and talking to others, but the actual people that use it. Um, So that's really powerful. And I think that's one of the big things of our job, right? Like being really empathetic as to who is really using it and who's the consumer. Because sometimes the people that actually run the brands are really not that consumer. And it's really important to like reach that. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a a
0: good segue into pointing a question at you, Santi, because again, when we were kind of warming up for this discussion, you were saying, that yeah, your company kind of uses this research, you kind of make some decisions based off of things. So maybe you can tell me a bit about it, because you were saying you, you generate insights, you pull research. But like, what else happens at your company? Do they use this kind of information to make decisions?
2: I'm sure they do. I'm not sure <laughs> if there's an actual team. You it has know? Okay. Nice Well, <laughs> it's a 40-year-old software company. Of course. How many
0: people team. are working there?
2: Oh, no idea. Hundreds I think, of thousands? No. Maybe? No? I, I don't know. But yeah. Know. It's, it's, it's pretty big. Yeah. It's pretty big. It's pretty Wow. Okay. Um, so yeah. you
0: personally don't really interact with like research findings? Or no, do you?
2: No. Well, see, I think it's, I think it might be different because we're a B two B business. We don't have uh, specifically consumers, so we we, we we have customers. So so we deal with companies and businesses and but and, it's, and users. Yeah. Uh, but directly, we don't have. It's not you can buy the product. It's not. It's not a product mm. you're to buy every yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, so you, let's stop you right there. Because
1: you know how people think like, oh, it's only <laughs> consumer research. B2B research is also really big. It's huge. Yeah, it's very similar to consumer research because we're dealing well, with humans. Th-
2: well, if you think about it, B2B is what actually drives the economy because consumers, you know, B2B has a far more investment and, and more money than consumer.
0: Hmm. Tell me more. <laughs>
2: In How my, much more? In, in, in my humble opinion.
1: <laughs> no, in my
2: unfounded without research yeah. opinion. But see,
1: he says, like, oh, we don't do a lot of research. But actually, B2B research is really important. I've done a little bit of it. But obviously, it does feel, even to me, like a bit like, you know, separated and in mm. terms of like, well, who is who is talking to business or business owners, et cetera. But it is an important yeah, part we, of research.
2: Yeah, it's, it's yeah. fine because, like, I do research every once in a while, you know, and my kind of research is probably mm-hmm. far more professional instructor than yours, because, you know, I need to talk to a customer. Far more
0: professional. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. Far
2: less professional, far less professional. Okay, okay. I see, I see. Yes, now you can continue. But it's more it's more of a you know I talk to one customer about one experience with my team you know but I don't talk to mm. hundreds of them yeah. about their experience with the with our software yeah. or why they buy your software versus buying the of competitors course. or yeah. you know but that's you know that's yeah not... but it's
1: also not the nature of your job because your type of marketing you do is very specific and it's not that you go to many people you go to like a few right
2: yeah, it's it's uh, because I need to and I, I need to understand the customer yeah. you know and to understand the customer you need to do research mm. Not like a qualitative, or quantitative, like full deployed yeah. situation, but more like...
1: You still need the information. Yeah, too, like
2: yeah to you in, a few reports and, you know... Yeah. So see, like, that's maybe. research
1: as well.
0: It's funny because the last uh, couple that I had on also was a married couple and the guy was working in sales. So not account-based marketing, but quite you know, adjacent. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was saying the same that like, okay, my company sometimes uses research and I'm also a bit doing research, but it's my own self having like a, maybe a slightly more in-depth conversation with a potential customer or potential buyer than usual. And then then I'm trying to extrapolate like everything that I learned from that that long conversation into, into something else. So, I mean, I think it's really interesting the different ways that research gets used or not. So, I mean, yeah, maybe one of the other things that I think would be interesting to hear from you, Santi, is like, have you ever, you know in in watching in witnessing Patty's work, has there ever been a project or a time when you've been like, "What is this? What is she doing?" I don't understand this." or on the contrary, maybe something where you were like this is this is an amazing project she's working on. It's super cool,
2: oh, I think it like it would be difficult without like revealing revealing too much information, but <laughs> Um, I can tell when Patty's is really excited about a project or not, <laughs> and, and and I think she was doing some work, uh, for a financial, uh, company, um, well about, done. About, about, uh, financial planning. Was it like, uh, I can't say the name, but, you know, financial planning and the use of certain financial tools, things available yeah. to the customer Yeah. The, yeah. And she was really excited because it was kind of like, oh, you know, you kind of like see see what people are kind of like how people see their finances, mm-hmm. how they plan, and then you you because you have a perception, you might say, you know, like I, I can say, you know, B two B is more important and drive more money than B two C, but then I'm saying this uh, in in a very unfounded way.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know,
2: Patty was saying, like, oh, you know, I had this perception of this, but then actually the perception of the data is saying this. So wow, it's really incredible to, you know. And then you do a little bit of comparison. Oh, you know, we, where, where do we sit in this yeah. in this scale? And then you say, well, actually, we're not that bad. And then because you normally tend to think you're doing worse than, than other yeah. people. And then maybe and it, you're... It
1: was, a rumor, it was a, a huge segmentation. So it was like, where do we sit in this segmentation? Because, again, we are consumers, right? And it's so cool. So right.
0: I. this is a great question and i want to ask you because remembering that uh, not everyone who listens to this podcast is a researcher so can you patty explain to us what is a segmentation
1: Ooh, <laughs> oh oh you put me on the spot so basically a segmentation is a way to break down a market or a group of people in different groups uh that have uh traits that are similar um there are different ways of doing it. So obviously you could break down in like demographics. So, oh, people from 18 to 24, that's not probably the best segmentation, but usually there's also attitudinal traits or um, motivational traits. So why, for example, did you consume this drink? Oh, because I wanted to energize myself, for example. So that's kind of like that part, uh, you fit there as a segmentation. So it's a way of, understanding a big group of people in like smaller uh groups so <laughs> <laughs> that that help make sense of, of you know yeah a big group and in this case for example it could be a country or you know oh women for example or yeah so so that's i hope that made sense uh, for, for yeah, the listeners.
0: definitely and i think actually in the in the in the past uh, interview that I did just before this one, which, as I said, was also a married couple, they touched a little bit upon a segmentation, and I was actually telling my partner, Paul, about it this morning in preparation for this. I was saying, yeah. Uh, so my friend Nina was talking about on her first date with her now husband, she was able to tell which laundry detergent he was using because of a segmentation she had done. Not wow. from smell. I, I was immediately like, oh, you smelled the clothes. And she was like, no, no, we did a segmentation, and he was in this age bracket, and had this Type of attitude, and so therefore he was using wow. this laundry detergent, and so what I thought was it really was funny was yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it turned into so, a party trick. She was do, able to do it to did do to there. <laughs> you do
2: Mr. Muscle or Ace? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know the laundry brand. So
0: yeah, Mr. Mosley. Well, anyway, it was in <laughs> Germany. And it was in Germany anyway, so it's a different, uh, yeah. it's a different range. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but Paul was saying to me, ah, th- isn't it crappy sometimes when you find out that you actually are, you fit perfectly into a segmentation? Because yeah. you thought like, oh no, I'm unique, I'm very yeah, different, you, you cannot categorize but, me.
1: Yeah. Well, it's,
2: it's the same equivalent that people ask you, your your like, I don't know, I see like a Greek mythology, you cannot, you cannot escape your fate. You know, whatever yeah. happens, you're gonna end up you're gonna end up yeah. with a tragedy. You know, as far as you try to escape from a segmentation yeah. you or, are or a one. bot, you're gonna end up in another box
1: Yeah, so. but that's what also not an interesting point, because sometimes I find myself in like, well, when we could meet or link Zoom meetings, etc., talking about the consumer, right? Like these people do that. And it's just that like, in a point I like stop myself and it's like, I'm talking about humans here. Like it feels like sometimes like really separated from us, but in the end it's Just also, so that's something as well. Sometimes in our in our trade, that I do feel like I separate myself too much from the consumer, and they do that, and then it's just like, no, you're
2: talking about people that are like. Similar but, to you. But, but, but Okay, so I have a question for the room then. So, but have you <laughs> never been on, on, a, on a project and you go like, ooh, this is me. Like, oh this person is whatever age bracket. They drink this kind of product, blah, blah. And you're like, ooh, I'm marketing this to myself. <laughs> and then you think like, you know what? I can actually, I can actually influence what kind of product decisions these are going to make. So I really always fancy having an extra future on this product. So I'm just going to say <laughs> the data. I'm just going to say the data showing this. And then you can be like, yeah. A few months down the road, you can be like extra, yeah. Chocolate.
1: extra yeah. chocolate.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what that's what we all wanted. <laughs> no,
1: that would be um, that wouldn't be uh, very
2: uh, ethical to do. It's whatever. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> well. <for chocolate. laughs> to
0: answer your question, though, I think um, and both of what you're saying, I think one thing that I've always observed is being on the qualitative side. As Patty was saying, I've always find that my colleagues who are more on the quantitative side, doing the surveys and stuff, they do have this like distance. Whereas the qualies don't. Mm. We I, I mean what I have the opposite. I don't have this problem senti where yeah. I see like, oh, it's Oh yes it's 37 that's me oh i just kidding i'm 38 now and this and this and this and oh that's me i don't do that what happens is i'm like interviewing i don't know a black man who has a physical disability and by the end i'm like he and i are the same person because you empathize so much with them that you really have to like put yourself in their shoes completely in order to communicate what they're experiencing back so i don't have this issue of like oh this is being marketed to me i feel like i am everyone I feel like my own behavior changes after I talk to people
1: yeah. in different categories. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. The same as me wanting to buy brands and say, Oh, now they use it this way. I'll yeah. Try this
2: no, way. Okay. But but Nikki's saying she changes as a person. You change your, your financial situation. It's, <laughs> it's a very different, like like you don't come home and say, Oh, I wanna be this. No, you say I want to buy this. It's a different conversation. <laughs>
0: No, but actually those things are related because maybe she, uh, for example, observes this sort of like aspirational life. Oh, there's this person living in this house. It's a beautiful house. They have a nice family. These are all things I want. And the centerpiece of that life is this kitchen machine. So I bet if I had this kitchen machine, I would feel like my life was also this kind of aspirational way. We have one of the things I love is that Uh, consumers, people in general, we don't really understand how we interact with products, products, brands or services. We don't know. We just think like, I have this mug. But actually, this mug changes my relationship with tea. Like Because every time I'm drinking out of this mug, people are going, is that I love your mug. It's so huge. How much tea do you drink? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm a tea connoisseur. I drink more tea now, not just because the mug can hold more, but because it has conveyed to everyone this image. And I'm sure when
1: you hold it, you feel like comforted as well, because it's. Yes. Your, you know you're going to have a great tea. And you have
2: some nice whales on it.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So. I'm glad that you see whales, because sometimes people are like, I like your mustache mug. And I'm like, Doesn't this a... or like, I, little... did, I did think it was a oh, mustache. They look first. like uh, chicken thighs as well. <laughs> yes i'm a vegetarian patty i thought you knew this by now we don't have chicken legs this is not a drumstick mug it is a (laughs) whale mug (laughs) (laughs) yeah no but anyway it's true that that could happen i think that i'm sure somewhere somebody was like one time i don't know trying to influence a product or service in their own direction but actually i think it's very hard to do it's very hard to do that because uh You would have to make up a lot of data, I think. A lot of percentages. Excel,
2: just kind of like copy paste all the way through.
0: (laughs) No, SPSS will find you and say, like, this doesn't make any sense that you're adding all this outlier, you know, in the data cleaning. It would just get chucked out, I think. But yeah. Well, anyway, so um, the other thing that I think would be interesting to to hear from you both about is, do you ever, Patty, maybe observe something that Santi has worked on or is doing and you think, why don't you do some research or how come you don't have any research influencing this stuff that you're doing? Yeah, because we know everything. Yeah, we, we know everything.
1: Everything needs research. Like, why do you? So no, so. <laughs> The way I understand the job that Santi does is that he goes the way that, that your marketing is to go to not go mass in terms of like, um, you know, um, reaching to people, but a few specific, right? Like, so mm. um, they they will go to just a few that they know is very, very, very um, effective. So I always think, like, have you talked to them? Like, do you know what they want? Like, in, I, like, it's so, like, how do you? How can you, you know? Like, are you hiring people to do your research, like to understand the customer? Because obviously they have industries, right? So they have similarities, etc. So I always think of that. And when, as obviously now that we're working at home, we're like literally working next to each other. So I hear like, yeah, the research that the agency there was like, who, what's what research? Who was so the then, agency? <laughs> excuse me. What? Yeah, but then he's like, no, it's just desk research or something. And it's just kind of like for him, it's more like general or higher level but i do think it's like a lot of and not only like his department but a lot of departments and companies could really benefit from different type of research to understand like what's going on um so yeah have do you have you think have you thought of like oh i'm gonna do some research because i know it's great
2: yeah so i do i'm actually I doing some it. research for a project now but it's, it's not the same kind of research that you're doing it could be it could be more academic, so to speak. Mm. Uh, it's mm. not it's not talking directly to customers because that will take a lot of money and a lot of time.
1: Yeah. And a lot uh, of, like, obviously, these contacts that you have don't have a lot of time. Yeah. Into, like, yeah. And yeah. I'm
2: trying to sell to them effectively. Mm. So so I want to come to them with something that.
1: Yeah. Not ask them questions, but come to them yeah, with the answers. Yeah. With a
2: solution to, yeah. the, to their mm. challenges and, yeah. and, and well, obviously, opportunities for us. Mm. But yeah. And I think, and I think, uh, uh, uh at, at work, there's a lot of teams looking into, for example, industry challenges mm-hmm. and industry outcomes and, you know, customer profiles, personas, and all this is yeah. based on research. You know, I don't think <laughs> we should have a, well, I assume, you know, we're a software company, so I assume there's a UX team somewhere yes, and yeah. there's another team doing the research for the UX. Um, but in general, my side of the business is more about the industry level yeah. and, and yeah. what's happening with the industry how do we true. translate that yeah. into uh, opportunities yeah
1: and I guess like the research as well is more product marketing led or product like
2: no, or maybe not, more, not no, in this it's role, in no, the it's previous more, role it's more solution yeah. it's more solution oriented because if you think of a customer saying okay well I want to I want to produce X product faster you know well what are the constraints and yeah. how us all of this can help,
1: yeah.
2: Produce that product faster, or maybe it's not even producing product faster. Maybe it's something else you need to do, and then like
1: sustainability, like yeah. be more sustainable. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: Which is basically research at the end of the day, yeah. but it's not in the in the traditional sense of consumer yeah. market research.
1: It's, it's like it's, yours
2: that is yeah. more like drinks orientated.
0: Yeah. So. Maybe I'm not allowed to ask this, and if not, just say like move on. Can't talk about <laughs> it. But who like who who are you marketing to at your at your company, Santi? Like I, obviously it's B two B, but so like what kinds of buyers are you trying to market to?
2: Well, I think what I can share is that I work in the design and manufacturing industry.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: so so we're talking to decision makers in the design at and factories.
0: Manufacturing industry. Let's
2: say at. Des- Decision makers
0: at factories. Okay, at manufacturers. Okay. So obviously, this means that there would be a pretty, not a very huge sample size, and also a very difficult to reach audience, let's say. Yes. So doing a quantitative survey where you need to have a lot of sample in order to run numbers would be basically impossible but doing qualitative research to understand like, what are their struggles that they're facing, what are their pain points, what are their needs, in order to tell you how you should be marketing, keywords you should be using in your marketing campaigns, etc. This could be something that is useful, or
2: I think, what I think definitely, I think definitely, we'll, and, and we have certain programs in place that helps, help us understand uh, mm-hmm. these kind of things, but I feel mm-hmm. that like it's not a... We're a big team and and, and across several regions.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: so doing this for each region will be uh, very a big time constraint cost and big,
0: prohibitive, cost prohibitive situation.
2: Yeah. So as everything in business, you know, you have to like make do what you've got. So, sure. so we have certain activities that help us understand the customer. We have team members that focus pretty much on talking to the customer on a regular basis. So you can tap into their brains, you can tap into the other knowledge the teams are sharing, and then you start piecing together from different sources, kind of like you try to draw a picture. And in some occasions you might get some external help to where you give all the information and you say, well, help me make a story out of this. And what I think in general is like having like the traditional sense of having a qualitative or a quantitative quantitative project, we, I, I'm going to go on a leap and say, usually, we don't. I, mm. My role, don't do it. I don't know the, mm-hmm. the rest of the business.
0: So, do you think that the time that you spent, for example, working with Lucy and learning about our industry, do you think that has influenced the way you think about account based marketing and the way that you have done your job, oh, your the jobs since then?
2: Yeah, 100%. I think it's it's, it's really funny because the way, the way I see it is I, I work with Lucy. Uh, for a long time, and then um, I learned a lot, a lot about the industry, and then I moved on to work in tech, and then and then I move on to ABM, um, and and then when you look when you land on ABM, you know ABM at the core is you have to understand the consumer, you have to understand the, the customer, you have to understand what's happening in the industry. So, knowing the structure and 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 the in and outs of research, you know, kind of like helps you become a better ABMer, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and
2: it was really funny because when I started working in ABM, it was kind of, oh, you know, I understand this, I understand that, I understand that, you know, I've done this uh, already. So it was really, really helpful, um, yeah. which, is, which is really funny because, you know, you never know where yeah. life, never life thought, will take you. You never it. thought yeah. that
1: starting at, like, Kina's Masters was going to help you in yeah. 10 years down the line. Yeah,
2: down the line. <laughs> I mean, I'm in a massive American software company. It's like, yeah. you know, who thought about it? But, uh, yeah. but it's really funny, you know, it's... That's life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> That's c'est la vie. yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I think that's really cool, um, and also because I'm, I'm wondering as well. People are always asking, you know, you know how it is, Patty. Also because you and I are working together on the young, uh, SMR Society initiative, so we're always trying to think about how can we engage yeah. with younger folks. And <clears throat> it's really great hearing kind of your experience, Santi, because one of the things I think I don't think about very often. We always joke in our industry that nobody sets out to become a market researcher. Yeah. No one tries to be a market researcher. It's all an accident. So the the two things I think are funny is that it's not true on the user research side. They do want to become user researchers. Specifically, they take college courses to do this. Mm. Um, But then the other thing I think when thinking about something like the young SMR society thing is even if they don't stay in research for their entire career, they learn skills that can help them with any other kind of thing. And I think we forget this sometimes, like how valuable this, this knowledge is that we
2: learn. It is true. Yeah, but I, I also think like sometimes you know, um, research, what I've witnessed, because I also worked for a fintech company mm-hmm. uh, for a while and, 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 and had experience with different corporations uh, global corporations and, and, and you notice that a lot of people do research, but it's not a traditional sense of research and, and maybe something that, you know, sometimes I see, I see with Patty say like, well, you know, I know that at a previous company, there was one team pretty much analyzing all the data, of the transactions, and coming up with solutions based on machine learning, AI, all this stuff. And, and, and if you, if you decompose that enough, you know, that's a market researcher you're understanding mm-hmm. the customer yeah. and i feel there's like like, a, like people still think market research and research is separate from all those from all those yeah. insights and in in some occasions you're thinking oh you know because someone at a company focuses all their time understanding an industry which means talking to customers, doing like reading reports. Or just
1: analyzing sales, for example. Yeah, that is
2: is not research, research. And it's like, in my opinion, that's old research.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think there's a, and I've, I've said it in my podcast as well, like there's a reticence of the like traditional market research to like accept or adapt new ways of finding insights. So like, you know, you have the UX, CXs, or even just analytics. And it doesn't have to be like, AI machine learning, like all that way, but literally analytics of like, okay, how do we analyze this HR data or like these sales or these transactions to get to actionable insights? This is basically what we do in the traditional sense. So I I do think that there's a little bit of a kind of we're stuck in that and like, how do we uh, um, accept everyone and like make it like a bigger industry? And I think that's the key to bringing younger people in as well Mm. because there's the, there's a lot of evolution, and there is a room for more, like traditional research, but there's also a lot going on that you know people are studying in universities, etc. So how do we open up and actually make it that it's not only market research and we yeah. accept everyone else.
2: intelligence?
1: Yeah, it's just like yeah. the insight, it's basically insights creation, which is every company needs it, every department needs insights. Uh, you know, something needs insights.
2: We know everything.
1: <laughs> well, <no. laughs> But even marketing needs insight. So how do we as an industry open up to that and, and then evolve as well? Yeah.
0: So this is this actually raises a really great question for me, which is kind of the point of why we started doing this podcast in a slightly different format, which is the people who participate in research who don't know that all of this work is happening. I mean, there are people who don't know that when they receive a newsletter, actually somebody did a survey in order to find out exactly which topics are interesting before yeah, they were the sent that newsletter.
1: To be like, yeah, okay. exactly.
0: Yeah. They don't know that their favorite app was tested five hundred times by some users before, you know, the latest update came out with all these new features. So this raises to me what you're saying about like, you know, how can we be more open? In my opinion, part of being more open and getting uh, a sort of collaboration and awareness of all of the different types of research is also having to do with, you know, having an open conversation with just regular people, people who aren't doing research. How, why is our world a secret? Why yeah. does nobody
1: know what we, nobody know what we yeah. do? And also sometimes, why do we feel we are like the keepers or so of something so like important? It's like, yeah, of, of course, what we do is important. It's not like we're operating on brains or anything, but it's important. But it's like, why don't we just like. You know, like others like can know about it and and it will be better as well. Yeah. So why
0: do you, do either of you have any thought or opinion? Like why do do you think our industry is so, like the regular average everyday person doesn't even know that all of this research is happening?
1: That's a good question.
0: This is interesting to me is like, there is a research yeah. person why is it in, why do you think it happens and then there is a non research person Santi, why do you think it happens
1: go
2: on i think i think there's a lack of knowledge like i might be spilling the, the beans here but people have no idea how much investment goes into understanding you like, as, a, as, a, as a as a consumer, as yeah. a consumer. like
1: the things but that why? we uh,
2: like but even, why? Even, like even, even well i don't know like because be- people don't want to like there's a big issue around privacy at the moment Yeah. Mm. So, so that's a, that's a hot topic. You know, a lot of people are starting to understand why a cookie tracker on a computer is, you know, why it's important that you understand when you accept cookies that that you are going to be targeted, you know, that uh what happens when your phone is listening to you, like or what happens
1: when you use app. an app that is free, like exactly obviously what are you giving them exactly. back as well?
2: Exactly. So so you know, there's no such thing as a free meal. You know, everyone downloads Instagram. Uh, but you know, like the app is free. So what are you exchanging? Sorry, mate, the, the, the guy that's listening to this, story is not directed at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Names will not be mentioned, but we all yeah, know, know who we're talking yeah, exactly. about, <laughs> uh,
2: but, you know, there's not such thing as a free meal. so so people are starting to understand that, you know, there's an exchange, and the most valuable thing that a consumer have or has is their knowledge. So, um, I think people don't understand that. So yeah, I
1: think maybe like the fact that, like, for example, the internet and technology have, have closed that gap, right? Like before, um, like the consumer is now more empowered than ever. Like we basically have all, the world information at the at like tip of our hands in terms of Google and finding stuff. And before like obviously 60s, 70s, we couldn't do that. So I think that has really helped people understand like what really goes on. So I think before maybe there was that gap, right? Like the, this um, kind of like wall, like companies and then consumers. And of course there was a lot of research going on, but they, we just didn't know. Uh, yeah. But, but
2: do you think it's because there's a there's a fear that people might think that you're the bad guys well, yeah. That you're trying to manipulate the, yeah. the consumer? Because, you know, if uh, and Nikki was using a really good example before, you know, there's this app, you know, that is for disabled people, mm. you know, bi- visually impaired. You know, how can you improve it and make it better for a wider pool of people? if you don't understand in your current user. So mm-hmm. the next upgrade that you do is is, is more useful for everyone else. And that, that's a very genuine, noble yeah. usage. But some people might say, well, but you're actually also thinking of ways to make me... You're just trying to get more users. Yeah, yeah. Chocolate, think... that chocolate more appealing at the shop. Yeah, So well, I guess
1: that's also a <laughs> bit of like, and maybe I'm, I'm being contentious here, but it's just like na- being naive. Like when people say like, you know when all these things around like privacy and people being really... Oh, I can't believe they're using my data. It's like, well, it, you are using an app for free. So how do business work, right? Like business work, they have to make money. How do they do it with your data? I'm not saying that it's ethical or not. That's another question, but it's just I like also people now are understanding that more because we first mm-hmm. oh, fantastic, I have this app like Facebook. I can use it all the time, but obviously you are giving them something in return. So I think now there's more of a an understanding of that. Yeah. And I think it comes to transparency because if you're telling Someone like consumer, like I'm gonna uh, talk to like you know the like hearing impaired or visually impaired to talk to to improve the app. That's really clear like why you're talking to them. But then if there's like something kind of not really clear as to why you are talking to them and doing things, I think that's when the trust is broken and when all of these things that you know are happening now in terms of privacy, etc., are. Um, yeah, like really break break up and become like really public. And I, I do think the the transparency now is also very key. With the whole this same point, like you can find information really quickly.
2: Yeah, and companies that are taking steps towards yeah, that direction, exactly. which is good. Yeah, but I think maybe going back to your original question again, I think is more in my in my in my humble opinion, I think it's a little bit of. Um, is a little bit of like, like, there's a lack of understanding from my end outside the industry. How does it work? Like, what kind of value does it bring? And, and I think it goes down to the brands communicating yeah. how being part of this process actually is for the better, greater good. Mm. Um, yeah.
1: And also, I don't know that this is coming back, and this is something that I've been chatting to a few It's like, when you're in high school or like little, you're like, I want to be a doctor, I want to be an, a lawyer or like marketing, like you kind of understand sales, but like market research is not really known. And we say market research, some people are like, oh, so you're just calling people, right? Like, or like you're like filling up like a survey and it, obviously that's evolved. So is it like, are we not like as an industry, are we not going to, to this like career <laughs> type of affairs or like explaining what it is? Because I don't know how many other, I think I'm sure other other positions like that are are not really well known. But we we also I don't think do a good job at like being there, uh, kind of in the pre-university time, so people really understand mm. what what they can do with their profession.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I I always <clears throat> I always struggle with explaining to people what I do for a living because they don't get it. First of all, whenever I say market research, they say, "So marketing, you mean?" Yeah. Exactly. No, no, I don't. I don't. I'm. I don't do marketing. No, I do market research. So surveys. No, I don't do surveys. So <laughs> now I'm confused. So what do you do exactly? And I say, oh, I interview people, and I have a little speech that I say. I interview consumers about their products uh, that they use and their preferences and their habits, and I uh, talk to them about you know what they do in their daily lives and their preferences, and then I use that information to help brands improve their products and services. No and then people go. <laughs> and then people go. So you get paid to talk to people, and yeah. I said yes, but it's so I much use- more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I
1: usually say I I help uh, companies or brands to understand their consumer better. Like mm. that's kind of like my really short answer. Because then people are like, "What service? Like do you just go door to door, or like do you call?" And I like, "No,"
2: <laughs> but yeah. it's
1: it, yeah, it's it's. I do think also. There's that like I don't know 70s 60s view of like people doing surveys like that, and obviously that's changed much more like much in the like yeah. doing many different things now.
0: Yeah, I know at least in America, the idea of market research is still really heavily associated with receiving phone calls at home on your landline that you don't want to receive, like yeah. at eight o'clock at night during dinner time or in the evening, and then they're going, oh, there's all these. All these telesales people, and they say telesales, but they actually mean researchers because it's usually (laughs) surveys. And so now everyone just has this like, I don't answer, I don't want anything to do with it. Whereas even, you know, you take a flight on, I don't know, British Air, and uh, then immediately after you get an email saying, Oh, your flight was just finished. Can you please click this survey to tell us how we did? And Responding to that can be really, really helpful and can literally change the service and, and the quality of your interaction with the
1: brand. But people are like, oh, surveys yeah. so horrible. I, I do try to, I know, it's, I try to do them just to see like the UX of it and see what I yes. can learn from it. Same. And also to be like, I know this is important. to me. Uh, But I just remember, I don't know if you remember when we bought our car. Like, or the sales guy was like, Can you please fill in this survey? And it's an MPS survey, so a net promoter's score survey. So it's basically when they ask you, Would you recommend this to friends and families on a scale from zero to 10? And he was like, but can you please, if you really like my service, do either 9 or 10? Because if we do 8, it doesn't work. And obviously, it's the way MPS is calculated. That I was like, oh, I know, Alex, it's okay. We can you
2: said his name.
1: Oh, sorry. But anyway, it's, his name is not Alex. But it, I thought it was really funny because um yeah the, 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 i understand what he means and it's just like oh it's just the way this is calculated that they're forced like several ways because this this can affect his bonus or like yeah. you know his performance so i i thought that was really interesting
0: yeah <laughs> well anyway we're actually at the end of our time Already, it went so quickly. So yeah, thank you both for talking to me about this. I I love this. I love this like format and hearing from two (laughs) different sides of of what it's like to to be either a part of research or an onlooker, an observer to research. So I appreciate you both uh, for being here. And also, Patty, I just wanted to, can you give the listeners um, the name of your podcast? Because Patty also has a podcast. So if anyone's listening and wants to learn more about uh, research and hear from other researchers specifically, on what they're working on. Patty. maybe we can point them
1: to you. Of course. So my podcast is called In the Name of Insights and you can find me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Lovely. All All right. Well,
2: (laughs) Well, it is about...
1: (laughs) I basically basically ask questions to fantastic people in the industry about many different topics. So um, it can be around UX, CX, or having a career in Insights. So it's very, very um, varied but it's just to uncover and to make uh, a platform to share knowledge in an easier way uh, in the industry.
0: Excellent. (laughs) Well, I hope some listeners will go over and and hear more about uh, the industry from your podcast. And I thank you again both for being here and see all of the listeners visually, sort of see you with quote marks next time. Yeah, thank you for having us, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki.